0: Oh, man, big hand for our kids' side team. And Aren't you glad we didn't call on you to read those scriptures today, right? Uh, I don't know if you've ever been there. I've been there a number of times where I'm like, man, I'm going to get after God's word this year. And maybe you were there because that's how the book of Matthew starts, the very first book of the New Testament. Matthew was a disciple of Jesus. And he begins, and that's how he opens. And maybe that's what you ran into this year where you're like, man, I'm going to get after God's word. And you opened up and you went. Oh boy, right? You know, like maybe I'll try again next year, right? And sometimes this is why we do this is because sometimes God's word is overwhelming. We don't know what's going on. It's hard to process. It's hard to pronounce the words. And uh, first of all, I just wanna say welcome. My name's Nate, one of the pastors here, and I'm glad that you're here. And that's why we're doing this series called Quest 52 uh, because this whole year, here's what we're doing. We're just learning and pursuing the person of Jesus. We're gonna be talking about the power of Jesus, the preaching of Jesus, and then we're gonna be talking about the passion of Jesus. And uh, we wanna invite you, if you don't have a Bible, we wanna give you a Bible after the service. Don't worry if you don't have one. We wanna invite you to go out to our living room. Uh, We'll we'll go out there. I, I never said it's any service. If you're online, message us, we'll mail you one, right? We'll we'll hook you up, right? We want you to have God's word uh, because God's word is living, it's active, it's speaking to us, it's shaping us by the power of his spirit. And we wanna give you God's word. And here's what we also wanna do. If it's your first time here out at the living room, this whole series, we've got a study guide called Quest 52. Andy's right, we don't go through this journey by ourselves. But we have brothers and sisters in the church that go with us. And if it's your first time, we want to give you this for free out of the living room. If you haven't picked one up, it's just 8 bucks. And what's great is it gives you daily devotions. Today we're going to be talking about, is life random? You know, we opened up and we heard that passenger go, that sounds random, man. I don't know even what that means. We're going to begin to look about that and why Matthew wrote that and find out that life really actually isn't just random, there's a deep meaning for you and I. Uh, but this Quest 52, it's just a, a daily devotion to help you to get in God's word. God's word is the most important thing. And at my life group, we started this week, we looked at week one, there's a short little three to four page essay at the beginning of each week. I loved it. I talked to one family right before service, this is so cool. They said, hey, you know, it's just kind of a little 15 minutes a day. And they said, here's what we've decided as a family at dinner after we eat dinner, we're going to spend 15 minutes and just talk about a question each night together. I'm like, man, how cool is that? Like, like this is why we're doing this. This isn't just for life groups. This is to help you and your relationship with the Lord. It's if you're married, this is to help you guys come together or your family. Sometimes we want to talk about God, but we don't even know where to begin. We just want to help you begin in that conversation. That's why we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 1. If you have your Bible, I want to encourage you to open there. Uh, because what's incredible is this. Matthew does something very intentional here. Now, here's the thing. Whenever you read God's word, you have to ask a couple of questions. No matter what book or passage that you're in, you have to ask this question. Who's the author? Like, who's writing this? And not only who's the author, who's the audience? Who who are they writing to? Because then what you find is this. You find context you find what's going on. Oftentimes, here's the mistake we make. We just open God's word. We thank the word This is to our context with what we're dealing with right now. And we very easily take God's word out of context. And what you find in Matthew is doing is this. Matthew, this is what I love. He was one of Jesus's 12 disciples. And not only was he one of 12 disciples, this is what I love about Matthew. Uh, he was actually a traitor. He was a tax collector, and he wasn't just a tax collector. He was a Jewish tax collector who worked for the Roman Empire at the time. And here's how Rome controlled everybody. They would just tax them through the nose. And then they would say, hey, anybody want high pay? Come and be one of our tax collectors. And Matthew was like, I like money. Yes, I will work for you. And here's what Matthew did. He sold out his own nation for a dollar. And his life was about money. And he just chased that and he hurt all sorts of people around him. And then one day he came into contact with Jesus and Jesus saw him in his broken state. And you know what Jesus said? Man, quit ripping people off. No, that's not what he said, right? You're like, he did? No, no, no. All right. You know what he said? Follow what? Me. Come on a journey with me, Matthew. I have a brand new story for you. I know you're a traitor. I know your life revolves around money. I know you're broken on the inside. I know you've lost all your friends and family, and the Romans are your friends, but actually they're only your friends because they pay you. But I have a new life for you, Matthew. See, that changes us when we begin to hear, oh, Matthew, wow, Matthew was a sinner. Matthew had baggage. Matthew had all these things, and yet God works through a broken man to write his word. See, there's a bigger context that's going on when we read Matthew, I love uh, one of my favorite movies of all time is the Sherlock Holmes movies that came out a couple years ago, Robert Downey Jr. And here's why, I love the director Guy Ritchie. If you've ever seen a Guy Ritchie movie, man, he does things differently. He's a different director. He puts the story and the plot and action and all these things. And I love the way he tells the story. And Matthew here is doing the same thing. Typically, where do you see the credits at the end of a movie? Well, at the end of the movie, right? You're like, you just gave your own answer, right? We don't start with the credits, and yet Matthew starts with the credits. And here's why. There's 42 names mentioned here, and here's what Matthew wants his audience to get. Here's what he wants you and I to get is this, that every number has a name, and every name has a story, and every story has an opportunity to be redeemed by Jesus. See, this is why Matthew starts with all these names. He wants people to know there is hope because the Jewish audience who he's writing to is looking for hope. And he goes, your hope is here. When I moved here in 1999, I found out that I learned some new names in our area. I have two names that I became familiar with real quick are this, Hatfield and who? McCoys, right? I actually went to high school with some McCoys. I got to be their friends real quick once I learned about the McCoy name. I'm like, I ain't ticking those guys off, right? You know? And, and what's amazing in this region, you hear about Hatfield and McCoys. Not only that, I love in this region, a couple of years ago, there was a name that became real famous in our region, Romeo Langford, Greatest basketball, high school basketball player I've ever seen. Now here's the thing, there's not just a name, there's a story. If you saw Romeo this week, he started for the San Antonio Spurs, and not only did he start for the spurs they hosted the game against steph curry and the golden state warriors at the alamo dome and set a record for the largest nba game in history Sixty-eight thousand people were at this game our very own romeo who was playing in one of the the largest nba games right out of new albany even the name new albany i love it because people around here it's not new albany it's what New Albany, right? Like, we ain't New Albany, right? And I love it. Like, even our name. And some of us, we we go, New Albany. What's New Albany? And you begin to learn our story. This is what I love. Some of you know the name Scribner. And what I love is this. It's the three brothers, Joel, Nathaniel, and Abner Scribner, who founded New Albany. They moved from New York, if you don't know this. And we know Albany, New York, that's the capital. And what's amazing is when they showed up, they were like, New Albany. Albany, there is something new. And if you don't know the history of our city in our region, this is what I love about our region. The Town Clock Church in downtown New Albany, if you know this, it was a part of the Underground Railroad. Our city was part of rescuing slaves. If you could get to New Albany, you could get to your freedom. And could it be today that our prayer is this, that in New Albany, God physically isn't just setting slaves free, but he is also setting spiritual slaves to sin free today. And we're going, this is the story that God is writing. See, every number, Matthew just isn't one of the 12 disciples. He's not just one of the 12, he's Matthew. And he's not just Matthew, Matthew has a story. And he doesn't just have a story. Matthew is a follower of Jesus. Someone who got redeemed by Jesus. See, this is why Matthew starts his letter this way. He's going, I want to let you know. And he ends the summary after all these names. We go, is life random? This is so weird. All these names, what and the what, you know, and I can't even pronounce these names and what's going on. And he's not saying it just to be accurate. He's saying it for a reason. And then he summarizes at the end of all of that in verse 17. Listen to what he says. Thus, there were 14 generations in all from Abraham to David. 14 from David to the exile to Babylon and 14 from the exile to the Christ. And we go, thank you. I don't know what that means, right? There, 14, I guess I was his lucky number, I don't know. What you're gonna find out in Quest 52 this week is I love this, this is why God has so much to teach us. It's this, the reason why Matthew keeps saying 14, 14, 14 is this, the Israelites were looking for a king to rescue them from their oppression from their brokenness, they were looking for redemption and they couldn't find it anywhere. And what's amazing is this, in this passage, Matthew says this, 14 stood for David's name. David's name in Hebrew is D-V-D. D is the fourth letter of the Hebrew alphabet, V is the sixth letter, and then it's D again, makes 14. Matthew opens his letter saying this, your king is here, your king is here, your king is here. And now that you know that your king is here, you can read the rest of Matthew. Now that you know you have somebody here who's come to redeem you, your life can be transformed. See, what Matthew knows is this. Every number has a name and every name has a story. And every story has an opportunity to be redeemed by Jesus. This is why he opens Matthew chapter 1, verse one like this. He says, a record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. If you know anything about the timeline of scripture, that's actually out of order. It goes Abraham, then David. Here's why Matthew does it again. He's doing this director moment. He's doing this on purpose. When he says the genealogy of Jesus, that word genealogy means this, the genesis of Jesus. What he's saying is this, there is a new genesis. Scripture calls Jesus the second Adam. And he says this, he goes, there's a new beginning. When he says the genealogy of Jesus, he goes, there's a new beginning, the son of David. There's a king forever, Israel. And now he's the son of Abraham, which means this, he is the blessing for everybody. See, God came in the form of Jesus to redeem all people everywhere. See, this is what I love about being a part of Jesus's church. You're not just a number. Last week, numbers matter. We celebrated, we had over a thousand kids in kidside in our student ministry last weekend. Over a thousand kids. We got our own school here, right? It's like unbelievable, you know? It is amazing. Some of you are like, I know I was here last week and people were sitting in my seat and Nate, I need to talk to you about that, right? You know, and, and sometimes you know that happens here, but here's what I love. You're not just a number to Jesus. You're not a number to us. You have a name and you don't just have a name, you have a story. And you don't just have a story, you have a story that God wants to redeem, that he's inviting you into that he's beginning to change in and through. See, here's what we got to understand. Life is not random because of Jesus. Life is about redemption. It's not random. It's about redemption. It's about every single part of our life being redeemed by Jesus. Some of you go, I, redemption, what do you mean by that? Literally, if you looked up the word redemption on dictionary.com, this is how it defines it, that you are rescued, that your debt is paid off and there's atonement for your guilt too many times this is what happens sometimes our life doesn't revolve around the redemption of Jesus and so when we go through things that feel random in life we go God what's up with that why am I going through that and maybe you've said this I've said this before because sometimes I don't know how to process random things that come up in my life and we say this phrase and I've said it before maybe you've said it before maybe someone has said it to you but this is the phrase everything happens for what a reason, uh, recently my daughter, my wife was out of town on a girl's trip and recently my daughter, uh, she, she was wrestling with one of uh, my sons and she accidentally, they were wrestling and they both fell over and she hit her head against the, the, uh, the foot of a chair and it, it, it cut her ear. Nothing like having mom out of town and having to take one of the kids to urgent care. How's everything going? Great. We're all good, right? You know, and, and you know, we go to the urgent care and she's bleeding and we're seeing if she needs stitches or glued up and thankfully wasn't a big enough cut. There's no, no need for stitches or, or to be glued. But imagine just sitting there as I was in the urgent care with my daughter, you know, bleeding out of her ear. And I went, Lily, everything happens for a reason, right? And she's like, yeah, no, his name's Carter, right? You know, I'm like, that's the reason, right? That I'm bleeding, right? Now here's the thing, sometimes we go through things that feel like random in our life and we just say it. Hey, everything happens for a reason. And here's the problem. Sometimes the reason why things happen in our life is this, it's our fault, it's our choices. And guess what, that doesn't help. This is one of the, the phrases that I've learned the more I follow Jesus, it's this. When life feels random, I don't need to say, well, everything just happens for a reason. This is what I need to begin to say according to scripture. It's this, that God can redeem anything. It's not just things that happen for a reason. It's that God can redeem anything. Sometimes the reason why things happen to us is it's our fault and it's our choices. Sometimes the reason why things happen to us is because the choices of others. But here's our God, he can redeem anything. This is why Matthew gives us all the names. And then you begin to do some of the character study of the names that he put in here. What you'll find is this, there's like five cousin Eddie's in Jesus's family tree, man. Like, like all the stories here in Jesus's family tree, it is not polished. They are not Sunday school teachers. Matter of fact, you'd be like, whoa, like that, that's in the Bible. Yes. You begin to study. It, it literally one of them says this, that, that David, Solomon, was the son of David. And then it puts it on this that David had Solomon with the wife of Uriah. Matthew could have said, let's not talk about adultery in Jesus' family because, you know, we're a church, man. We ain't going to talk about that, are we? David was a man who needed to be redeemed you get psalm 51 out of david's need for redemption what god knows is this you and i have a story and because of god you and i have an opportunity to be redeemed matthew could have blotted out a bunch of things he could have said you know what we're not going to talk about that part we're we're not going to go there no 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 this is what he does he goes there too many times here's what happens if we don't make our life about the redemption of jesus here's what we make our life about our reputation We begin to go, I just got to make sure everybody talks good about me. I got to make sure everybody thinks good about me. And here's the problem with that. When you're around a certain group of people, guess who you have to be? You have to be like they want you to be. And then when you're around another group of people, okay, I don't want to really talk like that. I don't really want to joke like that. But man, if I don't make jokes like that, and if I don't talk like that, they won't let me be around them. So now I have to begin to be about their story. And some of you go, no, Nate, it's not about the reputation. It's not that you even care about what other people think about us. It. It's this. Here's our problem. Instead of living by the redemption and the story of Jesus, you begin to live by your own story that you tell yourself. And so it's not God's story. It's your story. God couldn't work through somebody like me. No, that's, why, that's exactly why Matthew starts going through the list of people that God worked through. That's exactly why. See, this is why redemption is such a big deal, because redemption allows you and I to be honest. Man, it allows you and I to be honest before God, to bring our heart before God, to to be truthful before God. This week, you're gonna read about people in Quest 52, or you're gonna go back through Matthew each day this week. You're gonna look at people, jacked up stories, jacked up people, because here's the reality for all of us. Every single one of us is a broken person who comes from a broken family, The question is, are you honest about your brokenness? All of us. I'm not trying to knock on your family. You know what the problem with my family is? Me, right? Because I'm a sinner, man. I'm going, that's the problem. See, this is the thing. Sometimes we don't want to be honest about it. This last week, I'm in this cohort because I'm still trying to get better as a follower of Jesus until I go to heaven. Man, I always have room for improvement. And I'm in this uh, uh, Christ-centered cohort, and there's these leaders who lead it, and we got these other leaders in there, and we're talking about emotional intelligence, and we're talking about leadership, organizational leadership. I want to get better as a leader, but I also want to get better as a follower of Christ. It's not one or the other. It's both. What what they did at the end of it was this. They said, okay, enough talking about it. We're now bringing in your spouse, and you have to practice what we've been teaching you. I all of a sudden didn't feel as smart as I thought I was, right? And what was amazing is this, we had to practice emotional intelligence and here was the deal. We had to talk with our spouse and ask this question, tell me about the high or low in your life this week. Ruthie began just to share a high or a low. And then what we, all we could do was this, all we could say in response was, tell me more. That was the thing. Here's my problem. I'm a fixer. As soon as I hear something, I'm going to fix it. Ruthie began to tell me about the high and the low about her week and how it made me, how it made her feel. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, I know how to help with that, right? And so all I could say was this, tell me more. And uh, she began to tell me more and, you know, that made me feel this. And, and she began to talk about all oh, this and da, 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 da. And in my mind, I'm like, I got a plan for that too, right? And then this is all I could say tell me more about that. Third time, tell me more about that. And something began to happen. It was amazing when I was just quiet and just listened, right? It's amazing how much healthier our relationships get when we actually slow down to listen and be with one another. And then just kind of an offhanded comment, it was amazing, later that night, on Monday night, Ruthie just kind of said offhandedly, she's like, Thanks for making it such a safe place for me to be honest with you. And I think sometimes, here's why when we talk about that God and his redemption allows us to be honest, it's this. Here's why he redeems us, is because he wants you and I to be honest with him. You and I walk into this place with a bunch of baggage, a bunch of fear, a bunch of worries, and and we say stuff like this. I bet God has no time for my story. You see what's going on in Ukraine? God doesn't have time for me. And Jesus looks at you and I, and you know what he says? Tell me more. God, I don't know what 2023 is gonna hold, and have you seen the price of eggs lately? My goodness, right? I don't know how I'm gonna eat breakfast, I don't know how I'm gonna do this, and I don't know, da-da-da-da-da, and I'm just worried, and I don't know, and then Jesus going, hmm? tell me more. See, you have a God who says, tell me more. Matter of fact, what you find is this. We sing in that, in that song, and I love it. You know, you're the God of Jacob. Do you know who Jacob was? Well, he's in the Bible. He must be good. No, he, he lied to his dad, stole his brother's blessing. What? Yes, but in Genesis chapter 32, guess what Jacob did? He got to wrestle with God. And guess what happened when he wrestled with God? He began to get honest with God. And he said, God, I'm not moving forward until you bless me. God, I'm not moving. And he begins to be honest with God. He begins to wrestle with God. And what you find is this, in that moment of Genesis chapter 32, it's this, God changes his name from Jacob to Israel. Because you have a God who says this, every number has a name. Every name has a story and every story because of God can be redeemed. Even if your family tree is a bunch of liars, guess who can redeem your family tree? Jim Burns was here a couple weeks ago when we did our Entrusted series talking about our home. And he said this, he and his wife became Christians later on in their life. And it wasn't until they got married that they started butting heads and they realized all of the unhealthiness of their family. And he said this, they came to a point that they said this, either we're gonna repeat the past or we're gonna let Jesus redeem our future. We're either gonna repeat our past, our brokenness, our family tree brokenness, or we're gonna allow Jesus to redeem our future. See, this is why redemption is so good. It allows us to be honest, but here's the other thing. It makes us hopeful. See, God intercedes. This is what Matthew's saying, broken person after broken person and God intercedes. This week, you're going to learn about how God uses broken people. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, Abraham was a broken man who God raised up to be a blessing because God always brings his blessing through broken people. We don't have to hide it. Abraham lied about his wife when they said, is she your wife? He was afraid when he got questioned, and he's like, nope, that's my sister, right? And he's just, just, he has all sorts of struggles, but it says this in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, in the New Testament, it starts talking about people of faith. And it says, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, and then check this out, even though he did not know where he was going. That might be your year right now. I don't know what 2023 holds, but this is what you know. I'm going to go by faith this year. I'm going to walk in the story of Jesus' redemption this year. That is going to be the narrative that I walk by. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31 talks about a lady named Rahab. And it said, by faith, the prostitute Rahab, she lived in Jericho when, Israelite, when the Israelites went in to take Jericho, She actually housed spies. And God says this, all worked through broken prostitutes. Because she welcomed the spies, she was not killed with those who were disobedient. What you find time and time again in God's story is this, he always works through broken people. This is why Paul says it this way in Galatians chapter four, for you and I, verse four, it says, but when the time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman, born under the law, to what? To redeem those under the law that we might receive the full rights of sons because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts the spirit who calls out abba father you have a god that you get a call out to i have a god who listens and says tell me more about what's going on so you are no longer a slave but a son and since you are a son god has made you also an heir is that your story no, I'm just a sinner, man. I'm a slave to my sin. I'm a slave to my addiction. That's your story. Are you living God's story for your life? Some of you are like, Nate, I ain't a son. I'm a daughter. Okay, yes, you are, right? Yeah, let me, let me explain this passage here real quick. The reason why Paul keeps saying you are a son, you are a son and you, are a, you have an inheritance and you are an heir is this, in that culture and in that time, the firstborn son got the majority of the inheritance because the expectation was that the oldest son would take care of the family. And what Paul was saying in this moment is this, you're not just one of the kids. You're not just a number to God. You have the full inheritance of Jesus Christ as your story. You don't just have a little bit of Jesus. You don't just have a little bit. Some of you grew up in a family of like 12 kids and all you ate were leftovers. You, didn't, you never made it to the main course, right? Like everybody ate all the food. You're like, anybody? Right, Kevin McAllister. Is there any cheese pizza left around here? You know, sorry, too many Christmas movies with my kids, right? You know, and God goes, oh, no, no, no. given you my inheritance you're my heir you may have no family heirloom but you have the greatest family heirloom and that is the grace of Jesus Christ it breaks generational curses it breaks generational sin See, every single one of us, we are broken relationally, we are broken spiritually, we are broken emotionally, we are broken sexually. The question is this, will you and I be honest about our brokenness so you and I can have a new story for our life? I love out in uh, uh, California, Rick Warren, he has a church that he's led there for a long time called Saddleback Church. And on, uh, they have a care night, like we have a care night here on Monday nights. If you need care, hey, no shame in that game. You come and get care right where you are. We want to meet you. we got to celebrate recovery. we got all sorts of stuff on Monday nights to help you. But I love uh, their greeters at, at Saddleback at their care night is this. Their greeters wear a shirt that just says this, what's your problem? Right? It's like when you show up, right? It's like no lying here. No covering up here. What's your problem? Not do you have a problem? No, no, no. What's your problem? Because your redemption is here because your grace is here, because your story is here, and here's what we find. Redemption keeps us humble. See, when your story is God's story, it keeps us humble. We remember there is nothing that saves us outside of the grace of God. I'm so excited, and it just lined up. I, I I couldn't make this stuff up. Quest 52 on Super Bowl weekend, we're going to be talking about Jesus's baptism that weekend. So we're like, well, if Jesus is talking about it, we better have a baptism weekend. So it's not Super Bowl weekend; it's baptism weekend with a football game later on that day, right? And I love it. On February 11th and 12th, this is what we're inviting. If you've never taken that step to place your faith in Jesus, or maybe you've put your faith in Jesus but you've never been baptized, we just I want you to begin to pray about taking that next step on that baptism weekend. You can, you can get baptized before that weekend, but we're going, we know God has a different story. He's come to redeem. Well, Nate, I can't be baptized. Can I just let you know, only sinners can be baptized and you qualify. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the thing. This is why we step into this relationship with Jesus. There is a prerequisite. You acknowledge your sinner and you acknowledge your Savior. And he begins to redeem us from the inside out. See, this redemption, it's not just for you, it's for all of us. This is what marked the church. This is what made the church explode in the New Testament. You go, how can people who are not in charge politically change the world? Because their story was the story of Jesus Christ, not their own. Matthew, you are a traitor who has sold out your people. Yes, that is my past, but that is not my future. And it is not my present because of Jesus Christ. And he writes the book of Matthew to the church. Last weekend, we talked about this verse from Acts chapter nine, verse 31. It has this summary of who the church was and what the church was about. Listen to what it says. It says, so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it what? Multiplied. See, redemption wasn't just the church's story. Redemption now became their story for everybody. Their story of inviting people in What they knew is this, they needed a new name. They needed a new story. And they knew this, the world needs a new story. The world needs a new way forward. One of the ways that we've been praying over this is, uh, and we want all of us to participate in this, not just that we would allow Jesus to redeem us, but that we would be people, broken people. We're going to read about it this week in Quest 52, that God always makes his appeal through broken people. That's who God uses. One of the things I'm most excited about is this. Out in the lobby, we got uh, that verse, Acts 9.31. I got a picture of it here I want to put up. Maybe you saw it when you walked in. We got this on the wall out in the lobby. It has the Acts 9.31 verse on there. But then, those are stickers on the wall there. Staff began to put some light bulbs in. We're going to invite you to do the same. The word multiplied is spelled out. We got some light bulbs. There's a few left up here. We got them on the way out. We got them out in the lobby. Here's what we're going to invite you to do today is this. It's not just that you would let Jesus redeem you. It's that you would get God's story for your life, that he is sending you to go and help redeem the world. Our mission, we talk about all the time, is to connect what? Unconnected people to Jesus Christ. That, that's the beauty of the church. Here's what we're going to invite you to do today. Maybe as a family, if you're by yourself, grab a light bulb. As a family, grab a light bulb. Here's what we're going to invite you to do as a family, maybe by yourself with some friends. It's this, to begin to write names of people in your life that you long to see Jesus redeem. That you long to. I don't know if Jesus can save them. Have you read Matthew 1? Because he did it. And God's going, tell me more. Who who is it that you're longing to see step into this relationship with Jesus? This is what we want to invite you to do today. Just in a moment, we're gonna sing. And after we sing, we want you to grab a light bulb, write those names, go plug it in, peel the sticker off the wall. If you push it through the sticker, it won't work, right? It's not that your light bulb's broken. You just push through the sticker, all right? You gotta take the sticker off the wall and put it in. It's powerful, yesterday, Before service, I was here with my kiddos, and uh, Lily, my 10-year-old, was like, well, what's that? And I explained the wall to her, said, this weekend, man, we're going to be praying for names. And she goes, well, I want to fail at a light bulb. And I was like, well, okay. Who, Who are you praying for? Talked about some classmates. She's in cheer, has a bunch of coaches and different stuff. She wrote one of her cheer coaches' name on her light bulb. And what I love is this. She wrote four names, went in there, plugged it in. And I went, man, I want to be a part of a church that's not just reaching 10-year-olds, but I want to be a part of a church where 10-year-olds are reaching adults. And God is saying, I'm going to work through every generation. I'm going to work through every age group. I've got a bigger story for you. I want to see lives transform. And this is what he's inviting you and I into. To say, God is going, no, I'm here to redeem. I'm here to bring light in the darkness. See, this is what the redemption of Jesus does. I can just imagine. There's 3000 spots on there for light bulbs. Just imagine with me real quick if we put two names on every light bulb. 6000 names. Math major. Right? You know, I, <laughs> I only took one math college, thank you Bible college, right? Only oh, math course, right? Only took one course in there. Imagine Imagine if we put 3 names on every bulb. Imagine if we put 4 12,000 names prayed for all throughout the year. We're going to leave it up all year as a reminder to be praying about those that we want to see be connected to Christ. Cuz this is what we know. Every number is a what? It's a name. And every name story. And every story can be redeemed because of Jesus. As you stand, we're going to sing here just for a moment. And as we sing, I just want you to think about the names that God's calling you to write on the light bulb. And after we sing, I want to invite you to grab a light bulb, whether up front, on the way out, or in the lobby, fill it out, and plug it in today. But let's sing to our King together right now and pray for those names.